All right, guys, welcome back here to another episode of Chasing Birdies, and we are back, my man. How you doing? What's shaking, my man? Dude, greatness, greatness going on right now. It is. It's good. Um, you know what's great? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Chasing Birdie Blondale. Today's episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing, so go check them out at lynxbrewing.com. Uh, of course, they have the Chase of Birdie Blondale on there that you can purchase if you're in the state of Pennsylvania. Wonderful. It's great. It's great stuff, man. And, and it's coming into the season where it's going to be nice after a round of golf, during a round of golf, a little warm out, you know. I agree with you. And we should pose that debate one day on Chasing Birdies right now. We can't do it, but we should talk about favorite post-round drink. Mm-hmm. And you guys out there, I know after you after you shoot 100 like me, we go to the bar, we crack a cold one. Not too many, but a couple. Um, I'll tell you, you didn't shoot 100, bud. Do you see Rory McIlroy's Saturday at the match play? He shot 16 under Yeah, for two rounds. Yeah. But I haven't he, shot 16 under for the year. I'll tell you what. And then he went on and played Scheffler. Or that was it. The boys yeah. are playing good. He's, he's grooving. Uh, Sam Burns, nice to see him get that win. I was really hoping for Cameron Smith to take that down, but Sam Burns beat him six and five. No, you mean Cam Young, but Cam, Cam Smith would live. I mean, come on. Sorry. I mean, but I know what you My mean. bad, but I mean, geez, what the? Yeah, no, that was good, man. I mean, Sam Burns. Six and five, bud. Mm-hmm. Ass kicking. I mean, he had, all he needed was nine holes, basically. He's got to be feeling good, you know, headed into a, a quote-unquote off week before the old Masters, which mm-hmm. I was I was pulling for the boy Ricky. You know, he had a good start to the match play, and he's playing to get into top 50 in the world to make it to the Masters. So we'll see this week because he is playing this weekend uh, starting today. It was good, though. He was three down in the match against Rom, and then he ended up winning two and one. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little comeback for the boy. Maybe Keith Rom Mitchell? just like, is that something you think that Rom's like, hey, bud, I'll help you out here a little bit? Yeah. I really no. like you. No, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I, I enjoy that golf tournament because it's so atypical. And, uh, you know, now we're essentially one week away from the first major of the year. Yes. It's exciting. Oh, and, and one week away from the final four. What a, what a tournament, dude. I mean, my bracket was thrown out three weeks ago. All the number ones were down by the Sweet mm-hmm. 16. Or mm-hmm. it, they played in the Sweet 16. Elite eight, incredible. The final four, you got FAU, San Diego State, Miami, Miami. Florida. And UConn. And UConn. The Huskies. So who are you going with, bud? Let's hear it. Well, Hot take. Hot I take. Had, I had Texas taking it all. Well, they're not there, bud. And so. they shit the bed the last half of that game mm-hmm. last week. I mean, never would I thought Miami would have came back and win, but they did. Uh, so right now, I mean, you got to look at the favorite being UConn. But, dude, FAU. I would love it. If they beat San Diego State, dude, it's on because this team can shoot their threes. It's been a really good, it's been a really good tournament this year. And no one. I, I nobody could have expected the Final Four no. to be this. No. There's no way. I like the Russian from FAU, man. He gets in there. He gets a little chippy. I like it. I, I agree. I hope FAU takes the. I take takes it all, but I, th- I think I'm gonna go with UConn, man. I'm gonna go with UConn. Yeah, they it. they look they're tough. They look like they're the most. I mean, they just been steamrolling everybody. So I don't know, man. But you know. I will say this, today's episode is our first live banner session. We held it a couple weeks ago. You guys saw it out there on social media handles over at X Golf in Wexford, Pennsylvania. And let me tell you guys, especially in the Pittsburgh region, X Golf has it all. 
The food was phenomenal. The venue is beautiful. The simulators kick ass. You don't even have to pick up the golf ball. You hit a button and the dang ball pops up. It tells you if you hit it fat. It tells you if you hit it thin. It's just like, it's like a lazy man's poor epic simulator, if that's one way to put it. It's perfect. So over in Wexford, PA, guys, make sure you go to X-Golf. Give them a chance to help you improve your game a little bit. I know in the summertime you're going to be wanting to play outside a little bit, but man, what a cool venue that place is. So we were really happy to be able to Mm -hmm. do this episode live at X-Golf, their last night of their league. And don't forget Um, they have a Masters party Saturday and Sunday too. You can go there and watch the Masters. So mosey on over there if you're in Pittsburgh, grab some Chase and Birdie Blondales, sit down, and watch the Masters. Yep. So, no, it was a great spot, man. And I hope you all enjoy this episode with me, Pep, Mr. Eric Tangrady, and our man, Mr. Neil Walker. You guys enjoy this one. Welcome back to another episode of Chasing Birdies. This is our first live podcast, man. We are so happy to be here at X-Golf here in Wexford. Hope you guys are having a good time in your last night of your league playing some golf. Uh, We are Chasing Birdies podcast. My name is Ryan Bashauer, Jonathan Pepe here, and we are joined by our two close friends of the podcast, Mr. Neil Walker and Mr. Eric Tangrady to the left, your right. What's up, guys? Thanks for having us here, Bash and Pep. Right in our backyard. Couldn't have made it any easier. I mean, couldn't have made it any easier unless Home you game. put it on a platter uh-huh. for us, boys. I know. It, it took me two fucking hours to get up here. Like, I, I, was, on, I was on the turnpike. And B-Cat said to me, he said, why'd you come to Turnpike? I said, because I thought it ran into 79. He's like, buddy, you should have just took 79. So we were driving around some back roads, and we ended up here. This place is beautiful. Sean, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Shout out, Sean. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, Sean. This place is badass. You guys need to come check it out sometime. This is awesome. I mean, this is really cool. So you guys are lucky for this. Yeah, and uh, it's not my podcast, but for those of you not listening, Chasing Birdies is built on a journey of just chasing birdies in life, linking golf, athletes, entrepreneurs, country music singers. Uh, we're all chasing birdies in our life, and Neil and I are retired and have become avid golfers. So check these guys out on uh, was it Spotify, uh, Apple Music. We paying the bills. We on that yet, boys, or no? No, we don't pay the nope, bills. Nope, don't pay the bills. No <laughs> Apple Music. Um, pretty much Spotify. Check them out. They had a great Instagram page, good marketing team. So got some swag over there as well. But uh, no, these, these guys are awesome. They have some talented uh, people join their podcast and awesome events as well. So looking forward to a couple hours here at X-Golf. Yeah, yeah and we want to thank uh, Jeff from Lynx Brewing who's here. Uh, thank you, our Jeff. Our man uh, makes the Chase and Birdie Blondale. Thank you, Jeff, for coming out. Mr. You guys Becker. out there want to try some Blondale? They got it here. They got their other offerings, the Pale Ale. I don't know what else you got here. Pale Ale and the, the Haze. The Haze. There you go. You guys crack a few open and, and uh, enjoy we've, the night. We've seen Jeff Becker hazed out of his mind a couple of times, <laughs> one, two, three, four times before. Uh-huh. I noticed he's got the blonde ale. I, I yeah, think the haze gets yeah. him to another dimension, yeah, right? Into, uh... <laughs> yeah, I think probably in about uh, one hour we'll get Jeff back on here. Last time I saw him on Instagram Live, you guys are rolling on 3G, so I couldn't <laughs> even see his face. So maybe we'll get yeah. him on here with uh, some good service, some good... Uh, internet and he can tell his story again so for those of you that do not know mr eric tangrady former nhl player played for anaheim ducks pittsburgh penguins winnipeg jets and uh, a russian team that we cannot talk about because 
there's money owed and conflict. Things like that. Yeah, conflict. Um, and then Mr. Neil Walker, obviously you guys know, uh, have played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the New York Mets, the New York Yankees, Phillies. Milwaukee Brewers, Phillies, Phillies. Yep. Uh, uh, Margarita Island um, okay. team two yeah. in Venezuela, yeah. and also the Venados de Mazatlan. Yes. Okay. Don't forget about those two teams. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of similar Very to good. similar to the Russian team the Russians. But in, in Mexico and Venezuela. Which, if if we got to be honest here, Tango and I have gone to maybe the two most dangerous countries in the world. <laughs> you come in live, and we're back here. It's so a lot like me living in McKeesport, bud. <laughs> we've seen a lot of things, and we Elizabeth have uh, much stronger immune systems now as well. <laughs> yes. Well, I think when you came back, COVID started. Yeah. I was loaded up with M95 masks because of pollution in the town I played in. Uh, so when COVID hit, we were already prepared, uh, unfortunately. Well, it's, it's kind of crazy, at least when we talk about golf going into this 2023 season, that we got teased a week and a half ago with 70-degree weather, and now we're staring at – I don't know what it's doing in Morgantown right now. But you see what it's doing here. It's close to this, man. And you guys it's, had a nice little North Carolina trip. We did. We, we just did. got back from, from Pinehurst without our boy B-Cats. I mean, unfortunately, couldn't make it to the trip. But, I mean, we yucked it up down there. I mean, if we had X-Golf in Morgantown, our games would be a lot better. You guys out there, you guys having fun tonight out there in your league night? We're just trying to make Woo! sure we, we got some people out there who are having some good times. There's big cash games going on. Yeah, the boys, the boys, the boys are grinding boys. right I mean, now. They're grinding it's, right now. Tough crowd, man. Jeez. Anyways, let's talk a little bit about, about you, Mr. Neil. What you been up to? Bud. <laughs> There's one. I just got back from Florida a little bit ago doing the Pirates thing. And, um, you know, we're moving in the right direction with some of the Pirates. It's getting more enjoyable to watch. Things are moving in the right direction. I'm sure Eric can talk about the State of the Union address as far as the Penguins are concerned. But I'm doing about 60 games of broadcast and pre- and post-game stuff with the Pirates this year. So that, that kind of tickles my fancy, per se, as far as being involved, but from a nice distance, you know? Yeah. Eric and I have kids that are the same age in, 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 in Pep, too. Uh, so it's good to be keep our hand in the things that we were – involved in as professionals but also you know not be so close to the fire so this is fantastic i mean well i gotta ask you because you got you, you know you had a buddy join back this year with the pirates andrew mccutcheon who obviously you played with a lot in pittsburgh i mean i think you guys made the playoffs a year together which might have been the first time in a long time and um you got any kind of like Deep down into you, man. You want to suit it up again? You want to get back out there a little bit? Well, <clears throat> Bash, two back surgeries before the age of 38 probably squashes uh. most of that, those hopes and dreams. But I can dream, you know. Of course, I go and sit up in the broadcast booth and I go, oh, yeah, I can still do that. And then all of a sudden, I let one rip on number one at Allegheny <laughs> and, and I feel a little tweak in my back. And I'm like, yeah, I can hardly get through a round of 18. How am I going to? Hit 95 now, plus. So Neil's being humble. What, what has forced him to accept and love <laughs> retirement is my man qualified for his first club championship last year. This, so, this is a good story. So this, this yeah. is uh, uh, years and years of work. Neil and I started as a very sloppy 
eight, nine <laughs> yeah. handicap who have had a little bit of extra time on our hands and just decided to start grinding the range, start looking at uh, the bounce of our wedges, which who knew that it was even a thing. <laughs> Still don't know how to use that. Um, you know, Neil went from fresh out of a career to an entirely new golf bag of clubs yeah. within three <laughs> weeks. And this so, is a true story. So, so what he's mentioning here, we – we both qualified for the club championship at Allegheny. 16 spots. I got 16, so I got to go against one. Do I even do I say who? Yeah, who who's was, number one? Should I? Should yeah, I, okay. yeah. So it was it was Austin Lemieux. So obviously uh, Austin's a, a good a good golfer. For those of you who don't know, Austin Lemieux is Mario Lemieux's son. Sperm. That's, that's correct. So well, I leave the house at. I got the first tee time on Saturday morning. I leave the house. Plus four handicap. Plus four. Plus handicap. four. And I tell the wife I'll be home in. Two and a half hours. I'm about to get throttled. His first tee shot goes straight right over the police station at Allegheny. And I'm like, oh, boy. OB, okay. reload. Okay. So fast forward, 15 green. I hit a birdie putt for, for, on a par three. And I take a lead going into 16. And now, mind you, all these guys have the same reaction as Tango. They're like, what do you – like, how did I – snuck, I snuck in. And all these guys are way better golfers than I am. But there's a grinding mentality that, that he and I have and some of these guys have. And so I'm walking up the 16, the 16 fairway, and T Tango gets close. He's, he's closed out on day Well, one. that's what I want to add to this. <laughs> so Neil's walking up 16. And I'm, I'm getting walking, these looks like – I'm walking off 14 tee box, and I'm like, <laughs> Neil, like whispering, like kind of know he can't hear me, but like sign language, like, what are you? And, <laughs> and he gives me the sign like two up, and then he points to me. And I just shook my partner's hand. I got throttled in, in 14 holes. Didn't even see the 15 <laughs> tee box. Um, but anyways, go ahead. So he's so, up two, two with three to play, right? So this is, I mean, this is a completely new territory for me. I'm up, I'm up going into 16, and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? And it was the first time I thought that all day, which was my one, number one mistake, was going, what do I need to do? Uh-oh, I need to hit this fairway. Didn't hit, didn't hit any didn't, of the last three fairways. It. Done. That was a totally different mindset than I may have had in a, in a baseball capacity. And then I get to 17, and I got like six people following me on the course, and that's a totally new capacity too. Because he passes by me, and he goes, basically, what the but hell are you still what, doing people, out here? Yeah, exactly. People, are, it, what's, is everything baby okay? Baby is sleeping, bud. <laughs> baby is sleeping. You don't ask people on the golf course, where no, are no, you? No, no, no. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It was sign language. No, no, but it wasn't like that. Like, no, it was more of we've like played, we've played enough together. Inquiring. We've played, he of anybody, he was he was the one that was allowed to do that. That wasn't like he got it in my head. I got it in my own head more than anything else. Well, that's what he's saying. He's like the first time in the entire round you actually thought you could win. hundred percent. We're playing with that underdog mentality of just play golf. Yep. You were you were set, but in that moment, professional athletes. There is nothing that makes me, and I'm sure you, more nervous than, like, the biggest stage sure. on the golf course. So, it's glad, wild. No, it's wild. And, I, obviously, I ended up not, not winning that match. But it was that when, we, when we've gone past the professional baseball world now into the golf world, it's fun to see some of these new environments that you get in because that yeah. was completely new. And even my caddy was like, man, that was, that was, that was really fun because I was asking questions about stuff that I never asked, like, Okay, what are the second shot? Like, if I miss this shot, where, where should I miss it? Like, you're playing that I differently. Totally different. Because you're playing the person, you're not playing the course, and that 100 percent. In match play, you are. It's just you and him. So you lose one down. One down. What a run, man.
You had to feel it. You had to be happy. I, I was. I was on top of the moon. It was, I mean, it was a classic. As we're as we're seeing March Madness start to kick off, it was a classic, like sixteen uh, versus one. Because as soon as he as soon as he he cleaned me up, he just throttled everybody the rest of the way. Well, he hit it. He blew it right. This is at Allegheny. Yeah. First hole. Yeah. Blows it way right. Yeah. Ob. Ob. First shot of the day. He should have called Eric Tangrady. If Tango what? blows it right, OB on one, what happens? What's that? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I'm just chirping you. I know, I know. It's, I blow it right every time on Alexander. <laughs> I, I, I literally, when you talk about like being in your comfortable arena of sports, You're, like everyone assumes that we're this superior mental athletes. But when I, I get on a golf course, yes. dude, totally different box, world. don't miss right, bang, no. dead pull right. right. I know. And I, you're I was, the biggest mental midget there I was is. just dicking on you because I, I know you and your brother-in-law, Junior, you guys yeah, there was a you, little bit of a story. tension going on with number one. I'm just giving you a hard caddy time. caddy and John Aber having to come over. Make, so I just was you got but, You got the head pro involved in a rolling on one. Every time we got a group over at Allegheny. Oh, my god! Every time we play in a, a stroke play event, there is literally – we call for an official on Why? one. <laughs> like we call are, for an official. Okay. Listen, I, I'm a rules guy. Oh, oh, here we we'll go. Get, we'll get I'm a rules guy. Here we go. My caddy, Matt. Shout out, Matt. Best caddy in Pennsylvania oh, right there. Hey, Matt. Works, uh, works for me on the bag only for special events now at Allegheny. Rocking <laughs> wow, it. Matt. Rocking Impressive. It, rocking How it, did you uh, get such a good player, bud? Way to, way to really pick him. He's, get he's you far. So he, to add on to that, too, just just for reference, but there's always a, there's always a conversation when is there going to be uh, when is there going to be an altercation between between Eric and his brother-in-law on the course and it never it never gets past hole 6 ever ever there is some sort of thing that pops up every single time whether it's a uh, marking a ball the proper way or picking up a ball within it's, 2 feet that maybe somebody wanted you to finish out every oh, single it's time brutal. Yeah, and I it's, mean rules guy someone's got to protect the field you it's going to be me though. so the speed dial that they both have <laughs> They both have the the club, the head pro on speed dial, just because there there's no way that any of us, you know, if I'm the third wheel, I just sit back and go, all right, just let them hash it out, and they never hash it out, so somebody else has to. That's probably the most exciting part of John Aber's day is going on and see these yo-yos. He gets to a point now where he doesn't come out. He's like, it's good, just play. Just we'll, we'll <laughs> talk right, about run, that when we'll, get let's in. Go, let's keep moving, keep it moving. We're good. So, uh, Mr. Tangrady, that's great. Let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you know, you came over. You grew up in Philadelphia, um, shithole. Uh, <laughs> hey, you might no, have some people, listeners out there. You have to be careful now. Say, You're we national. got people listening right now in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, hey, you either like it or love it, but came out young age. Uh, you have a funny story uh, against the old Penguin Juniors. You were at a face-off. You are 15 years old. Uh, do you recall the story that I'm, I'm trying to lead you into? Absolutely. Is this a read the game notes type of thing? No. Uh, no, this is I read the game notes and embraced the game notes. Um, no, so I grew up in Philadelphia. Uh, my path is very unique. Only five guys from the city, inner city of Philadelphia ever play in the NHL, which is crazy to think about. That's, really? That's changed a whole lot now. But city of two million people, hockey was never known as a you know, uh, developing city of pushing guys to the next level. So for me, my path, I grew up as a Flyers fan, Eric Lindros, Legion of Doom, you know, hockey was life. I got totally lucky to be able to 
progress as a player. I was six years old. My dad's mailman, mom waitress. Someone goes up to my dad and says, your kid's pretty good at floor hockey. You should try him on rollerblades. Dad says, all right, let's get him in roller hockey. Someone says after a year roller hockey, hey, your kid's pretty good at roller hockey. Let's try him on ice skates. My dad said, okay, what do I do next? Somebody told my dad the best way to have your kid learn to skate, the closest rink's 20 minutes, have him do figure skating. So this is in 1997. I'm at a figure skating club with no stick learning how to skate for two years. If you look at every European model on what they teach kids how to play and how to skate, it's all figure skating. So I'm a kid from Philadelphia with parents with no hockey background, basically doing the European model of learning how to play ice hockey. So I, everything seemed to align to, to get me where I needed to go. So I was six foot four, 200 pounds at 16. That leads you to go to junior hockey in Canada. Most kids now are looking to go play college hockey. My route was major junior in Canada. I'm ready for this challenge. My first game, I'm playing with the Belleville Bulls. We're playing against the Peterborough Peets. I remember it like it's yesterday. I'm skating warm-ups. And on Peterborough is the Philadelphia Flyers' first-round draft pick, Steve Downey. So for me, as a Flyers fan, now in this arena, this environment, like I'm with prospects of the National Hockey League, I'm just staring at Steve Downey the entire warm-up. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm on the same ice as a Philadelphia Flyers' first-round draft pick, Steve Downey. Stare him down for 15 minutes, get off, get ready for the game. Coach says, you know, Matthias, Tangrady, Bolesky, your line's starting. Getting a start in my first OHL game. I'm on left wing. Who lines up at right wing, Pep? Stevie Downey. Steve Downey. So I just can't keep my eyes off him. He's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on the ice. First round pick, Philadelphia Flyers. I look over at him. I'm just staring at him for 10 straight seconds. And <laughs> Downey missing some teeth, has a little bit of a slur. He, he basically takes this slow look over at me, and he goes, hey, kid, you fucking stare at me one more time, I'll knock every fucking tooth out of your mouth. <laughs> and it was like this wake-up call of, okay, you're not just being buddies with guys on the ice. This is war. <laughs> so that was my welcome to the Ontario Hockey League. It went from fanboy uh, Steve Downey to he's going to kill me if I don't play hockey. So it was a pretty surreal, uh, very cool experience for me. So then you get drafted by the Anaheim Ducks, and then you're in a blockbuster deal, which you were actually, a lot of people don't know, you were the big piece of the trade. Chris Kunitz, Eric Tangrady for Ryan Whitney. And I remember, dude, everybody, oh, we got, we got Eric Tangrady. He's going to protect Sid. And uh, What happened? I mean, wait, wait what were you going to say? So, <laughs> that, that really didn't happen very much. Um, right. So, anyways, you're, you're playing for the Penguins. You get adjusted. And, and this is probably my favorite story. For all you guys out the simulators, you need to listen to this story. It is hilarious because it is golf. Um, and there's a reason why his nickname is TaylorMade Tango. <laughs> Yeah, so um, come on over to Pittsburgh, drafted by Anaheim. Anaheim Market, um, I would say it's like the equivalent of being, and I don't know how the fan base is now, but being drafted by Tampa Bay. I don't know if they have a crazy fan base, but probably not, right? A small market, not a lot of um, media attention. So I go from Anaheim training camp. There's three, 400 people at training camp. Um, nobody knows your name, doesn't care where you're drafted. It's just people in board shorts having a good time watching hockey. To getting traded to Pittsburgh into this insane, crazed hockey market. I remember going to South Point for my rookie camp, and there being 2,000 fans 
watching rookies. This isn't even main camp. Main camp is a whole nother level. So I'm, I'm in my, uh, my second year in Pittsburgh, just trying to get my feet wet, getting acclimated in the organization. Obviously, I had my struggles. Um, at that time, social media just came out, so I, I let the media really, you know, I don't want to get depressing, but mentally I wasn't prepared for the challenge that I was given when I came into Pittsburgh. Um, so through that season, you're a young kid in a new locker room. You just bury your head, mind your own business, and just try to do whatever you can to stick in the lineup. So in your second year as a rookie, you start getting conversations, or second year uh, pro, first year as a rookie in the NHL, um, you start to get phone calls, CCM. Oh, you know, we want to do an endorsement deal with you. We can offer you a little bit of cash and some, uh, in, in, some, some, some money for some of our providers. Uh, one of our providers is TaylorMade. So I'm sitting there as a golf guy, like, you're going to give me free clubs, head to toe, TaylorMade? I'm in. So September 1st, my rookie season in the NHL, <laughs> I order head to toe, like absolutely abuse it. I think I ordered like four wedges, three iron through gap wedge, 50, 52, 54, 58, 60, driver, three wood, seven wood, five wood. Like I ordered every single thing they had in the catalog. So the clubs don't come in because for the whole entire season, I actually forgot that I ordered them because I ordered them in September. I don't need them till June. So playoffs come around. 21-year-old kid in the locker room at Pittsburgh in a playoff run. This is the year that we had that series against Philly, which was unbelievable. Lose game one. Okay, lose game two, lose game three. We're down 3-0 in a series against Philly. We're back in Pittsburgh, back at uh, Console Energy at that point. Rookie comes to the room for morning skate of game four. You know, walk into the rink and everybody's staring at me. Everybody's laughing. And for those of you who don't know, in the hockey world, when you quote unquote chirp somebody, <laughs> when your season's about to end, the other team will be like, "Have have fun on the on the golf course, kid. Have fun on the golf course." So the trainers, to try to I guess lighten the mood in the locker room, thought it'd be a good idea to to deliver every single club of Taylor made to my locker room stall. While we're down 3-0 in a series against this? Philadelphia. I haven't heard this story. That's incredible. So as I walk in the room, everybody's giving me this look, and I'm thinking, like, what am I? Maybe I'm on the power play tonight, boys? I don't know. Like, everyone's <laughs> looking to see if, if, how I'm going to accept this challenge. I walk in the room, and there is, no lie, there is 13 boxes of clubs. Every <laughs> single one of the boxes, is as clear as day, says tailor-made on it, right under my stall, Tan Grady. Oh, no. And I had almost passed out. I almost dropped to the floor and passed out, and I was nervous as heck. I was sweating, you know, thought I was this huge distraction, didn't know any better. The guys took all my sticks, got a label maker, and put tailor-made tango on them. Uh, it was this big laughing joke in the locker room. So it, it was a horrific, at that moment, a horrific moment. But to this day, I'll still see ex-players from that locker room, and they'll say, ah, tailor-made tango, how you doing, bud? So what? do you have those, any of those clubs still? I mean, that's kind of a good story to keep those clubs around, bud. Ah, Taylor Mates, uh, it's not my thing anymore. They probably made 15 <laughs> sets to know. I, I, I matured from the old Taylor Mates stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, That's great, a, though. A, oh, a my. Young Eric Tangrady, uh, you've played in the NHL. You've played the biggest stage. You fought in Madison Square Garden. What would you tell a young Eric Tangrady now that you look back on things? Yeah, I, I became the best version of myself as a hockey player at – 26 years old in the minors, had, you know, 30, 
30 goal season. Um, at 26, I got told that you already had your chance and you're just not getting called up anymore. So at that point at 26, I matured, sure physically, but matured mentally. I let the media, I let the coaches, I let my peers, I let everybody else dictate how I was going to play instead of just saying like F everybody else. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm capable of. Just go out there and play. There's no stress. There's no anxiety. Like you're putting a jersey on. You should be on the ice. Like go out and perform. At 20 to 24, I had such a challenge of worrying about what everybody thought. And then when I was the best version of myself in sports at 26, it was too late. So my advice and looking back, it would be just stay in your lane. To worry about you. Know what makes you click. What makes you a good player, and just do that every night. Doesn't have anything to do with goals and assists, like baseball, home runs, average. Like all you can control is stepping up to the plate, stepping on the ice, doing what you're good at, and the rest will follow. Or the first tee. I love it. This is better. Or than Or the, the first tee. Or the first tee. Don't yeah. go right. Right. Don't go right. Don't go right. <laughs> This is, that was better than like that was fantastic advice, government assisted yeah. therapy session, man. That was like, man, you do that stuff. Man? I mean, every now and then PBOs, man, that's what it, a positive vibe. I love only. it, man. The coolest part about this Ooh. forum is Look what we did. Look we're we all partners, right? Like you and Bash are partners. Neil and I are partners on the golf course. So like it's a continuation. Uh, there's, of that. A, there's a mental warfare every well, time we go but, out there. right? Tango, like, look what we This is us. Well, yeah. And, and we as amateur golfers, I mean, we we try to shine in our amateur events at our clubs, our member guests. The last night at right? X Golf. Right last now, prime example, we got thirty six guys at X Golf. Sean over there just plastered one, and this is a big deal. And this is what we love, man. We have this addiction of this golf game, and the only way to cure it is to play more. Really. None uh, of us are professionals, right? Like we, we no. all have, we all have other things we're doing, or Shoot, coming man. from different backgrounds. So like, we're I mean, all bonded by the golf world in some form yeah. or fashion. Yeah, I mean, you, let's be honest. You, I probably wouldn't have met 100%. you if it wasn't for golf, or I probably wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for golf. I mean, Brandon and I, uh, we maybe we never met. Maybe we might have met in the streets in Uniontown one the, night. The, but the greatest, the greatest yeah. thing about golf <laughs> to me streets, is uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I'm a city boy. You guys are country boys. Like I'm not, I'm not an outdoorsman. Some of us are not outdoorsmen. Like golf is the last escape. I feel like we have where the phone can be off. Well, the phone can be off. Um, you, can get, you, can, you can get out there and you literally just, it's you and nature, right? But there's, there's a competitive aspect of it, but it's like that last escape. And I think that's what draws everybody in this room to the game of golf is we can be competitive. We can have camaraderie, but it's that last escape yeah. that we have left to be like free in nature and in those things. Now tell our significance other than that. They think we're pathetic, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, that's a different conversation. But, I mean, if you look out there at X golf, there's guys of all ages. That's the one thing. I mean, you can play this game at all ages. I mean, my son's six years old. He's starting to take a liking to the game. I can play. My dad plays. You know, what sport can you really go out and play together with your, with your family members? And it's not very many. Um, for you, Neil, you had a very, very successful Major League Baseball career. Um, I mean, that would be an understatement. What would you look back and tell a young 
Mr. Neil Walker what to do differently or to do anything differently. I mean, he had Eric had good advice, you know, stay the lane. It's true. We get we the social media is the hardest thing right now for I think kids. Yeah. Because even you got you, you don't know if you look good enough. You feel, you know what I mean? So where would you go with that? If people question? don't know and I'm I'll talk short, but people don't know about Neil like everyone thinks that your path was just gravy. Like you spent a lot of time in the minors where you felt like I'm sure you outplayed where you currently were and just had to wait and wait and battle adversity and just, you know, feel like you're being cheated at times. So I, I think that's a part of your path that not a lot of people yeah, know as no, well. Yeah, no, and having not heard a, par a portion of your story, it's very similar to yours, just in a different way. Like, the I had a big turning point in my career, even though I was a first-round draft pick, like, you know, I, 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 I had a lot of things going for me. I was 18 years old, got into pro ball. I didn't even know how to do laundry when I, was, when I left home. No joke. Like, it didn't hit me until I was in line to get on a plane to go to Florida, and I was like, oh, wait, my mom's not going to be here to do my laundry? And, do yeah. and I was like, oh, boy, all right, here we go. But fast-forwarding, I remember in 2009, I got drafted in 04, so I was four and a half years into my pro career. And everything was gravy until I got to AAA, and then it was like they were guys in the big leagues. That, AAA's big league guys and prospects, and they were, at least at that time, were all jumbled together. And I, was, I had just turned 21 in AAA, which was incredible. And I got exposed so badly at AAA because I had no idea what I was good at, uh, what I could do. I, I, just, I just went on strictly athletic like my athletic ability and that got me to a certain point and it was like oh crap this is not how this game operates your position nailed down I, yeah and and i was playing third base at the time i had switched positions a few times and in 2009 i had gone up with um, andrew mccutcheon to almost every single level and all of a sudden he gets called up to the big leagues and simultaneously i got hurt and I, I, I tore up my knee, not terribly bad, but I was catching or I was playing third base at the time, went down to Bradenton where the spring training complex is to rehab. And I was like looking around and it was like three months of rehab. And I literally would go to the field in the morning for like three hours, go home and just sit there and watch TV for like six hours. And the mental warfare that was going wow. on for a 21 year old with no significant other family was in Pittsburgh, all of it. I was like, oh crap. And I did a lot of self-reflecting. And that was the biggest turning point in my career. Not anything else that happened after I got to the big leagues. You learn as you get to the big leagues that you have to adapt, and the best players adapt, and they improve. And I was by no means a fantastic Major League Baseball player, but I was good enough, and I knew what I was good at. But I remember getting to that point and being like, okay, Andrew just went to the big leagues. I just went down to, to rehab, and I'm not going to do anything for like three months. And when I got back, I had this thought in my head. It was like, okay – you know what you're good at. Let's make your strengths as strong as you can. Not really worry about what your weaknesses are. And of course, you're going to work on your weaknesses as anybody would in any background or capacity. But I remember coming back and having this fresh mindset because it was it was like a cattle, uh, you know, like you just got pushed along as a mm -hmm. nine, 18 year old in, in in the minor leagues. It's like okay, you go to the next, you go to the next run, you go to high A, you go to double A, you go to triple A. I got to triple A and I got smacked in the mouth. And it was like, how am I going to respond to this? And from that standpoint, when I came back that year at the end of 2009, I got a call up to the big leagues. I didn't play very much, 
But I was like, I am going to take responsibility for everything I do when I come to this field, whether it's in the training room, weight room, field, whatever that may be. And if, I, if this game is not for me, all right, I'll go figure something else out. And I honestly, at one point in 2010, going into the next season, I was playing almost every position on the field, didn't make the team out of spring training, and I was like, I'm, I'm out. There's no way I'm going to survive in this organization. And I thought that I was going to go somewhere else. I thought I was going to end up in Oakland. There was a couple places that I thought I was going to end up. Got an opportunity to come to the big leagues and just kind of ran with it. But I tell when I get questions like this or, or I have people say, what would you tell the young kids or the, the younger version of yourself? I always try to say, become the best self-evaluator that you can. Because when you know what you're good at, and you're, you know, and as young kids, your parents know what you're good at, and they have a fresh perspective on that and can help assist you and not be looking at you from a 3,000-foot view of like, oh, no, it's not you, it's the coach. It's not you, it's, the, it's this or that. No, that, no that's, not, that's, not, that's yeah. not reality. It is how good can I be from, on a, from a consistent standpoint as much as I can be. And the Sidney Crosby's of the world – I call them the one percenters. In the baseball world, the Mike Trouts, the McCutcheons, those are the one percenters. The 99 else percent, they got to grind, and you got to figure it out. And it's the ones that grind the best, it ones, the ones that figure out what they're good at the best and take advantage of that are the ones that make it the longest and have the best professional careers, in my opinion. And that's the same thing in golf, though, too. I mean, you talk about one percenters, you look at the Scotty Schefflers of the world. I mean, oh my God. there's not very many of him. There's a lot of other guys out there, you know, that, that are trying to grind and the make it have a good Friday break. Thursday, Friday guys, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well I mean, the PGA Tour right now, I forget who we were talking to um, about this, but PGA Tour right now, you could take their bottom half of their players and put them up against Liv. PGA Tour is stacked. stacked. They got depth stacked. like no other. I mean, you look at some of these guys like this past weekend uh, in the Players' Championship. The the the, the insurance with, agent that just like literally right comes out of the blue. I mean, he's, he's yeah. a mortgage guy selling mortgages. Now he's playing on fucking number seventeen at TPC Sawgrass. What about the cat from Australia that was playing with Scheffler in the final round? I mean, this guy Mi-Woo played on Kim or something. Yeah, Miwoo Kim. He plays on the DP World Tour. Tom Hoagie. He gets a couple wins, and, and then all of a sudden he's he's in a hunt at the players. Um, so. Yeah, you talk about one percenters. I mean, if you turn that on to golf, in some respect, because with with golf, the way it's structured in all these mini tours and qualifications, I mean, even guys that are really, really good, they can't put that mental aspect together to make it. And within golf, it is it is ninety percent mental. Yeah. I mean, there's guys out here right now in the simulators that are probably frustrated. Like they just chunked a shot. Number eight lit up on the on the floorboard. Well, that's what, <laughs> that's what no, but the, right? that's what makes golf insane, right? Like a lot of these guys who are on the fast track have success at a young age, don't face a lot of adversity, and then later in their career, like you look at someone like Spieth, who's like just the last four, three, four years has just grinded his game. Like imagine a world where you're giving up your life, your finances, you have a family to feed, you go out and bring everybody to a golf tournament, and you cash zero dollars. Think about that stress. And then, like, when you think about sport, like hockey, I could go into a game feeling like crap, not having my best stuff, 
my centerman sets me up for a backdoor tap-in, and then, boy, the wheels are going. Team sport. Golf, there is nobody to save you. There is nobody out there to, 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 to take you out of a mental state. Sure, your caddy has an influence, but he doesn't hit the shot. Like, golf, to me, is the toughest mental warfare on the planet. And it is an incredible, it's a beautiful game, it's amazing, but I have the utmost respect mentally for what those guys do because I just can't imagine to grind to be the best. We're talking top 200 in the world. Mm -hmm. There's a guy you probably look on that sheet at the players that might not have made more than $50,000 this year. And that to me is like borderline depressing. Yeah, depressing. That's the thing, that those yeah. guys are so good. I mean... Well, you know, I mean, we, you know, Neil and I, we played, we played together a couple of times, well, more than a couple of times, and we witnessed the hole in one together out in Colorado. That's right, we did. Yeah. I mean, we jumped up and down like we were like, like we just won the lottery. He's an ex hockey guy too. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't even our hole in one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I didn't make the hole in one, neither did Neil, but we were like, damn, this is fucking cool. But the nerves, you know, you talk about a guy like Tango and, you know, he's really big into his sleep and his whoop and all that jazz and so am I. But uh, <laughs> but I've seen Tango rattled before at a member guest down at Pete Dye in Bridgeport, <laughs> West Virginia on the on the 10th. What got team. him rattled, by the way? Well, he's rattled. In fact, his his member guest partner is floating around here somewhere. There he is. And he can attest to the story. I mean, the guys played, like you said, in Madison Square Garden and all these venues and. He's got a tee off on the first hole of the member guest in the shootout at Pete Dial number 10. And my man, he is like shitting his pants. Like literally, they're fighting over who's going to tee off first. Are so, you going to tee off? Am I going to tee off? Are you going to tee off? And he's like, but I'm, you know, I think Brandon teed off. Yeah. So yeah. after most of you, if you've ever played member guests, you know, you have this waiting period mm -hmm. of like 60 to 90 minutes where... They it's just, terrible. They load the field up, and all the carts start lining the fairway. It's terrible. Uh, we're sitting in the cart, and we go back and forth for like an hour. And he's laughing because Brandon, uh, he's played competitive golf. You guys have played competitive golf at a high level. So, like, to you, this is just another day. For me, I'd never been in a place like this before. I remember sending you a picture, Bash, of my resting heart rate in the cart. 40 minutes before I was going to tee off, my resting heart rate was 165. Yeah, he's rattled. I, was, I have never been more flustered in my entire life. Golf does things to me physically and mentally that are just so hilarious. But Brandon ended up hitting a tee shot on 10. Um, I had about 160 yards into that green. And with adrenaline, which I didn't, you know, you hear it on TV, you don't know it's a thing. I might have hit a 7 iron 215 yards and <laughs> blew it off the back of the green. But, yeah, we get up to 11. Don't go right. Where did I go? Dead, Straight dead right. right. Straight right. So, yeah, mentally, that's what's the coolest part of this game. It's humbling. It's, uh, it's uncharted territory. It's an element of surprise. And as you, like, try to hone in and get more confident and play in more events and stuff like that, it, it's really, really cool. I guess, the, I guess the biggest takeaway is, like, give yourself a break, right? right. Regardless of whether you're a two handicap, a plus two, a 10, or a 15, give mm -hmm. yourself a break every once yeah. in a while on the golf course. So, right, Pep? Yeah, exactly, I, think, I think now would be a good time to shift gears. Like a lot of people here, some new listeners, they don't know a lot about you two. Yeah. So love yeah. These, these two jabronis in the middle, like they don't just have a golf podcast like, like Barstool where they're 15 handicaps. Like these guys are legit. Like you guys are awesome. Like very, very good. Uh, Bash, what's your best finish at the West Virginia uh, Am there, bud? 
Well, the AM we won't talk about, but okay. State <laughs> Open 13. Yeah. So these, these guys 13. got game. You, Pep, where did you play at Marshall? Um, so why don't you give kind of the listeners, some new people here, a little bit of, of background on you guys, your golf journey, and you very humble – well, Pep, not so much, but very humble guys. <laughs> but, like, you actually have the, the, the forum to be able to talk on golf because you're very, very good players. Open up, boys. Open up. You go ahead, bud. Let it go, huh? No, I mean, I, I played golf, honestly, since I started swinging a club when I was five or six years old. My dad, I mean, my dad Same was height. a big, my, my dad was a big golfer. And um, so I, it was always in, in an, I was always around it, you know. What, what, was the, what was the moment on top of what you're about to talk about that you got, like, hooked? Right when I, well, okay. So my first year in college, I went to W&J and I played on the golf team. But at the same time, I thought that I was going to be a rock star. So I was recording <laughs> songs in my dorm room. Yeah. Freshman year. I mean, I had black hair, black fingernails. Nickelback stuff, right? Yeah, I was. I was so freshman year, I played on a golf team and I quit. I quit. I, I left the golf team my sophomore and junior year. I didn't play golf. And then my senior year... I played golf again, and we made it to Division Three Nationals, Port St. Lucie, Florida. I played individually and on a team, and right after I graduated college there is when my golf addiction started to really kick in. So, again, I had it from an early age, but I kind of fell in love with the game, fell out of love with the game. Uh, sometimes that's sometimes what it college. takes. Yeah. Sometimes and, that's what it takes. And, you know, now it's like – I, I don't have anything else I'd rather be doing. I mean, from, from a standpoint, and, and that's the thing, man. Sometimes, like, you look at golf as a sport and, which, and playing it. But honestly, um, I, I enjoy going out as much as just for the camaraderie. Sure. Just for the people. Like, look right here right now. We're, we're in Wexford, PA at X Golf. And look at just everyone just having a good time. And for me, as I get older now, I love to play golf. I'm still competitive. I want to get better. But I enjoy going out and playing around with my closest friends. It makes you closer. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fun, man. So, so one last question from that standpoint. When you look and think about yourself as a senior at W&J and your thoughts about golf and how you approached it stepping on the number one tee every single time you went out there as opposed to now, how has that changed? I'm definitely more... I guess I'm more used to not putting certain amount of pressures uh, on yourself. Um, I definitely get nervous on a first tee. When I'm playing in a golf tournament or even playing it up in a member guest first tee, yeah. Hell, Junior and I won the flight last year at Allegheny Country Club in the first tee box. Shout out, JR. We're, we get on a first tee at Allegheny. There's 100 people watching, and Ben Roethlisberger's teeing off with us. And I'm like, what in the fuck is happening right now, dude? I was a nervous wreck. That was probably the most nervous I've been on a tee box, but... You put that thing 240 right down the middle with the driver. Right down the middle. 245 right down the middle with the driver. Left, behind a bunker in the fessy. He's got a hundo in. Uh, Junior bailed us out on that hole. He made like an 80-footer for par, so we were good. (laughs) Um, He did. It was like 15 feet. But, yeah, I think it's just a perspective. (laughs) I think for me now, Neil, it's just perspective. It's like I'm not going to be on TV on Sundays, and nor do I really want to. Yeah. I just more about, you know, just having the good camaraderie with golf. Um, and, 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 and traveling, seeing new yeah, places yeah, yeah, with yeah, golf. Yeah. So that's my little story about All right, Pep. my golf. Let's go. 
I, uh, I, my whole family's played golf. My sister uh, played at the University of Kentucky. She played golf. She played your sister in, did too. She's the yeah. best peppy in Wait, the family. Wait, hold on. So oh, yeah. I did not know this. How, yes. how much older or younger is your sister than you? She is 42. Okay. Um, she played at the University of Kentucky. Uh, she played in the U.S. Junior Girls. She played in the U.S. Amateur. She's a stick. I will give her that, and that's it. That's okay, it. but like, if you guys went out and hit balls together as as right youth, now, or, no, no, as, as, as like a youth, youth, yeah, she like was, was there. Was there a, was there, there was an a actual, noticeable like, difference of her to me? Interesting, in a, like more her favor. Wow. So my dad's played golf his whole life. My my mother plays. My sister. My parents have been going to Pinehurst, North Carolina, since nineteen eighties. They my parents now have a house in Pinehurst, but for me and. Um, Sixth grade, I was diagnosed with ADHD, severe ADHD, to where I couldn't even take a test. If somebody dropped her pencil, I was done. I would turn it in, basically get a zero. My ADHD was so severe. So I had to find a sport. If you think about golf, I don't have to think for more than 15 seconds. That's why if you really watch me play golf, it's quick, boys. It's quick. We don't. We're, we're not. We're not taking see, practice swings. See ball, not, hit ball. Yeah, see ball, yeah, hit ball. Exactly. Squirrel. Um, <laughs> it's like Bash's Friday night. So yeah. So um, I just always that was kind of my my thing. I would take my golf bag over at the country club and and hit a ball, walk, hit a ball, walk, find it, and play tournament golf all the way. And then I played at Marshall University with uh, Brandon Katzif, who's my business partner in the jewelry side of things, and. Um, Again, you know, if it wasn't for golf, him and I, who know if we meet? And uh, I kind of took golf off for not a, for a little bit just because I was so burnt out from college. I played all four years, and, you know, you play in the fall, the spring, and then you do the summer. And, and um, now I, I love golf more than ever. Um, it's in a good spot, and uh, I can have some drinks and smoke some cigars, which you guys know that I do. I would say I'm a I'm a – Plus four cigar smoker, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. No, my, so my question for minus you, one drinker. Yeah, my, my question for you, Pep, is you are an exceptional recreational golfer. I think a lot of us, as your friend group, would like to see you get more involved in the competitive I, aspect yeah. of golf. So, I mean, talk about some of the maybe the demons that you have. Like, so, I know that you have the ability to skull wedge every once in a while, and. Um, <laughs> Boy, you're plus three, dig, plus three handicap, some- and then you're human. So, well, I mean, we talk about the mental side of golf. What are some of your demons that maybe keep you away from your college experience, keep you away from diving into the competitive side I will side give of you golf? a rebuttal on the wedge game, and Bash can. Uh, yeah, what do you want me to do? You're, you were front and center on Sunday for the wedge game. It was pretty good. No, I mean, uh, so recreationally, yeah, we could do it for four rounds. You're a way better golfer than me. I'm just trying to bring out of you what are some of your – Demons I would on say the plunge I would say that I don't play competitive golf for the pure fact that I hate to practice. You will never ever see me practice, which is but crazy. You hit, you, well, you hit balls before rounds, though, though. I will hit balls before rounds for ten minutes, and and that's it. But I do, will never go to a range and grind it is, out. Is that because and you got things up? Is that because you got burned out? Yeah, you got demons doing it. It's because it pre- I just don't like doing it, and that's back to my ADHD. Like that is monotonous to me, and I cannot do it. I want to jump out of my skin, dude. Just sitting there grinding, hitting shots. Like, I don't have that patience. So, I'll see you on the first tee, though. I mean, we'll, we'll go play. Which is crazy. I, I mean, because, how many times have you talked to me and I, I say, mean, I'm going to practice? Never. And the kid, 
I mean, honestly, I just played with him last week. He shot 68, 67. Holy moly. Whatever he shot. And that's that's with a couple missed putts. I mean, his putting is kind of suspect. But he missed a couple putts <laughs> and, and shoots three or four under. And he doesn't hit a ball. And then I'm over there. Like, I got these things in my basement. I'm hitting nets. I got these fucking, like, I'll, you know, weights. And I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a good story. And, so, uh, and, and to answer your question. It's unreal. My sophomore year at, at Marshall, I played in the North-South Amateur in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Big amateur event. And I was paired the first two days with Webb Simpson and Brendan Todd. Whoa. They've obviously done well. Okay. At that time, Webb Simpson was the number one amateur in the world. Wake Forest, right? At Wake Forest. Okay, so we play Pinehurst number two, the first round of the North-South Amateur. And Brennan Todd's made a very nice living as well on the PGA Tour, but Webb's won a U.S. Open, Ryder Cups, President's Cups. So all three of us shot 41 on the front nine. So I'm like, I got this mother right where I want him. Even if I shoot 37, I beat him. I shot 70, I beat Webb Simpson. I shot 41 the back nine. He shot 30. <laughs> so It just showed how far apart you guys really was, were. Uh, right? That was like the, holy hell. Uh, these guys are good. And, and that's the thing. You, it, there's a million. It's so funny. You hear people, and it's a lot of dads that are, my son's really good at golf. I understand your son's really good at golf. There are four million of, uh, there are yeah. four million yeah. of them. Like there are, if you cannot shoot 62, 63 yep. Yep. consistently, you ain't doing it. I mean, uh, it is so hard, and it's such a fine line from the the Corn Ferry Tour to the Web or to the PGA Tour. And oh um, well, it's always kind of crazy to me because, especially being with with the Pirates, I spent so, I've, I spent so much time in Bradenton. Well, what's in what's in what else is in Bradenton? IMG Academy. You know what's in IMG Academy? The golf and David the tennis academy. The, the, almost the best golf and tennis academy possibly in the world. When you go on that property, you no joke see kids from age six or seven until grinding up until out. 15, 16 that are grinding it out on the golf, on the, on the range, on the course, tennis, all of it. And you're thinking to yourself, these kids' parents are, are spending $80,000 a year to send these kids here to barely go to school, but to go to golf school, tennis school, whatever it may be. And these are some of the best players in the world. So that's why, and that's why I mentioned like the self-assessment thing, because that was, that was a, you know, you, you mentioned hockey in Philadelphia, right? And I mentioned kind of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh baseball or this region of baseball. I never felt until I got to the point where I was into pro ball, like I, I was like, I know that there's way better players in California, Phoenix, Texas, Cal Florida. But that was also a driving point for me to be like, I know I might be the best in this region, but I know I'm not the best somewhere else. And that was like a, a, a pushing point for me. But not a lot of people necessarily think that way. And if you have dad and mom, which, which I get it, dad and mom always, you're, hey, you're, you're great, keep going, you're the best. But like there's a self-assessment that comes and for me yeah. it's like ninth, 10th, 11th grade where it's like, okay bud, like here's where you are. Are you a D1 player? And it doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that much. That doesn't much. make or break you. A hundred percent. You could have gone to Marshall. You could have gone on to play. CCAC, have a better A hundred percent. You could have had a better it's career. It's what you make out of it. hundred percent. Perfect example. Who's the cat that won the uh, Keegan Bradley? 
Keegan Bradley uh, played at Mar or played at St. John's when I think Brandon was playing at Marshall. The guy never did anything. He, he didn't do very much at St. John's, all right? And then all of a sudden, he wins the PGA Championship and gets that break. And not that it, he's not good, but, I mean, how many times have you heard of Keegan Bradley over the last 10 years? Not very often. And it's just Confidence. Like, but Confidence he goes down is the scariest thing. Major opportunity. Yep. Everything he's, comes together. He's a major champion. Listen, he's played in... He's won more major that's, champions than I played in. So, oh, fuck it. You want me but, to that, but that's that's what when Neil was explaining that of these kids and these parents spending the money, which he, I understand a support aspect of it. But at some point, it's fate, man. It's like, is it already in the cards for you? Like, no in other words, if it is though. Well, but things gotta break your way. Right, you gotta I mean, have a lot of breaks. Like John Rom had a sponsor's exemption. Yeah, and look at John fucking Rom. Yeah. But, like, if that break didn't go his way, how would John Rahm be John right. Rahm? Well, that's, like, when we get in, this is kind of an overall youth sports topic. Like, if you ask anybody at a young age, like, what are your goals for sports? I want my kid to play at college. I want him to get a scholarship to college. Those goals are actually realistic and practical. When you start now, this whole pay-to-play model, hockey has it worse than any other sport, I think, on the planet, like, these expectations of thinking that your 10-year-old is going to play at the highest level, you said the 1%, like, that's the 1% of the 1%. Of the 1%, 1% yeah. You know, like... But you just said with something 10 years old. Right, right. The expectations, and it's generally... I mean, there, there are a couple of sports, in my opinion, though, that if you don't necessarily start and have a foundation at a very, very young age, it's extremely difficult to get to the top, top rung. 100%. Right? Hockey, baseball, golf... Tennis, and there's more, but in my opinion, those are the four. If you don't have a foundation from five, six, seven years old, you, you know, I have, I have, a, I have a buddy that 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 I know that he didn't play football until he was he was 15 years old, 16 years old, ended up being 320 pounds and turned into an all-pro, quintessential all-pro, almost every single year, right here in Pittsburgh. And when you ask him, he's like. I didn't know. I wanted to go to Stanford. I wanted. To, I wanted to play. I yeah, wanted to go to a good college. Yeah. And he lifted his ass off, and he and he turned himself into a pro bowler. You just necessarily can't do that. And what he's saying is so in interesting because it's like if you're not doing it, you're behind the eight ball. And if you're doing it, you're kind of still behind the eight ball because you don't really know until you get to a certain age too that okay maybe I am the best in this region, but I also may not be the best in this part of the country or whatnot. And it's, it's such a polarizing conversation between youth sports going on. And by the way, me and Mr. Tangrady in, a couple, in about a month are going to be running the Bradmar Pine transitional six-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old baseball team together. Coaches, right here. T-ball. Oh, yeah, T-ball. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah. my wife took over head coach. <laughs> yeah. I'm said my wife Two feet in a heartbeat. You get a job over there. Tango. Uh, no, but. What, you coaching Shadyside I'll Academy hockey, and now you're coaching T-ball. We said they're running. Yeah, I, they're I, running I, I, got, I got Ted Lasso in my blood, I think. Like, like this guy right here, who would have ever thought that Eric Tangeri was a good chicken nugget eater? I mean. <laughs> sorry, I, I'd love to have that talk, but back to this last thing on this youth sports topic. Well, it's Is this really getting, kinda serious. Is getting to you, huh? Kind of serious? No, no, we can talk about that. It's no problem. The last big thing that has been uh, horrible about youth sports is, Neil, how many sports did you play growing up? Every sport? 
basically every sport. Right. For for soccer, baseball, basketball, football. Right. You're an athlete, right? Oh, so Myself, golf wasn't in there. That's I played like, hockey. Yeah, no, it wasn't I played in lacrosse. There. I played baseball. I played basketball. There is a problem where we are one trick it's, pony it's, yeah, in yeah, sports yeah, right yeah. now. I'm seeing 16-year-old kids getting sports hernias in hockey. Yeah. They think if they don't do it for 12 months, they're behind. Tommy John surgery. Every Trainer. athlete at the yeah. top level plays multiple sports, and that is the biggest problem in sports right now is being specialized for 12 months and that is a huge and what makes huge me problem. more sad what makes me more sad in, in in general with that with that that topic is like you know we're, we're here in, in wexford north allegheny high school this year is gigantic right uh -huh. say you're little johnny that goes that goes to north allegheny and your favorite sport is football but you also play basketball baseball and the coach tells you in your ninth grade year all right you're a pretty good football player you're gonna work your butt off and all of a sudden, your junior year, somebody surpasses you, and you've quit basketball and baseball, and you don't even have the opportunity to really play those sports by that point in your junior and senior year, and you're passed up in football, and then what do you do? You know, that makes me, that makes me really sad. As somebody that was lucky enough to play three sports going through high school, I feel for the parents, I feel for the kids from that standpoint. And again... I agree with you. Uh, the play play numerous sports. You never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, America's guest. I mean, who would have thought I'd be called America's guest? But uh, but you, you play guest. more top one hundred golf courses for free than <laughs> any know. other person it's I've incredible. ever met. I was Pine Valley last year. <laughs> you play you, you play Pine Valley. You play Marion, and then like literally have not paid. Have you ever played Peps Country Club? No, we're going to get there this oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. I mean, there. Never, guys, you're Tango. not coming there. You play Oakmont four times Tango, a year. Tango, tell us just. For especially people that might know what what Pine Valley is over in, in New Jersey, is it true you try to put uh, sunscreen on on the first tee at Pine Valley? And and they or have a cigar. Which you're one? not allowed to spray suntan lotion on the golf course. You have to stand in the sand at Pine Valley. Do you, yeah. How about how about when the caddy grabbed a cigar out of my mouth? He said, "We won't be smoking those today." Yeah, you never never <laughs> seen a guy more flustered in my life. Those were that place is special. That, that place, place is. We listen. I would do anything. I'll play in a. You want me to play in a suit? I'll play in a suit. <laughs> it place is so good. What it is now? Magnificent. Did you drive out to Pine Valley? But we got a call forty eight hours before there was a tea time, and we Woof. booked the hotel and loaded the car up Woof. overnight. It, that's the type of place when you just cancel all your plans and you make moves. So I, know. I think it was a Wednesday or a Tuesday we got a call for a Friday tea time. Mm -hmm. And I was a supposed to friends. play in an event. I was supposed to do some daddy daycare at home. Yeah, he, and that's the one place the, in the, the world where no. it all gets canceled. You take it on the, the chin when you get home. The marriage got stressed at those 72 hours right there. But you know what? And the friendship. You're still here. You're still married. You got three kids. You're going strong. Yeah. I mean, the coolest part of Pine <laughs> Valley, obviously, just being number one in, in the world, there's other details and aspects of that golf course that are incredible. My favorite that I tell everybody is the east-west driving range. So they have an east range and a west range. So... In the morning, the members don't have to hit with the sun in their face. Oh, come on. So they go to the east range. And I had the heard that. Their back. That's my and kind then, of place. And wow. later in the day, as the sun yeah. goes to the west side, you go to the west range so the sun doesn't isn't in your face. It we have that at Yawk, the most too. obnoxious thing I've ever seen. Yeah, if you go to Yawk, you, just, you can either hit off a mat <laughs> or... You can wrap around, and if you stand behind enough trees at the end of the range, no sun will hit your face. I think they do the same thing at Pikewood, too. Um, oh, no. So I, I, I mentioned chicken nuggets. Pikewood. We have a, a chicken nugget a story gem. here. 
and uh, no, oh no, not the chicken nuggets. Story. We went on a bachelor party to Pinehurst. Mr. Eric Tangrady, bunch of bunch of your fellow hockey players. We all went down, and uh, we had been indulging in a few cocktails throughout the night. What's the beer called again? Uh, duck duck hook. hooks. Duck hook. Yeah, we were pounding duck the duck hook? hooks and it's duck hook. Southern Pine specialty. It's a cream ale. Hold on, bud. Let me stop you. We're at X Golf. It smells like a hibachi. It does. Japanese restaurant right there now. There is a hibachi what are they next door. By the way, it might be floating in here. The pokey. It smells good. Damn. All right, guys. Good. So we uh, now I'm off ADHD squirrel. Um, so we're at dinner, and Matt Barkowski, a friend of ours, says, "Hey, friend Eric, of the program, friend of the program. I bet you can't eat a hundred chicken nuggets and keep them down for three hours." No sauce, three hours, you have to eat them all. Uh, let me give you the, the preface uh, of the story. So Matt and I have a very competitive banter. We played a round of golf that day. It got <laughs> a little bit crazy. Matt likes to have a good time on the course. I'm a rules guy. I've noticed guy. you got more teeth than Matt, too. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, okay. we butt heads. You've won that. Yeah, it's like, right. it's like a ram fight every time we're out there. We just, we just butt heads the entire time. Um, so Matt... At that moment, at was this like early? It was like nine o'clock, right? He literally says to me, "He goes, oh, I could go for McDonald's right now." I'm like, "Oh, dude, I could eat a hundred nuggets right now." He's like, "The heck you could." He's like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars if you eat a hundred nuggets in three hours." I said, "You go get the money, and I'll do it." To call his bluff, so Matt disappears for about twenty-five minutes, goes hits an ATM, and just goes and puts a hundred or a thousand dollars in my face, and goes, "Let's see it, tough guy." So we go down to Pinehurst. We got the money out. This changes the whole dynamic of the evening. He's we're eating, all having fun. We're on Vince Trocek's bachelor party. chicken nuggets at once. So we're outside of a, a, a How many a minutes? How many minutes? Three hours. So we're outside 30 minutes. We're outside of a bar in a van. I got 100 nuggets, and the time, it, I turned into the circus clown of the bachelor party. Let's everybody stare and point and laugh. Ha ha, Eric. Eric. So I, I, I put those down in 60 minutes. I said 30. But it probably was 30, 35 minutes. Because well, you were eating three at a time. You just wanted well, to get it done. I want to ask you something. Did you have any sauce? No. No sauce was allowed. No sauce, sauce allowed on a McDonald's nugget? Large, large diet. My large kids diet. won't do that. But, so I had the room with them. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. We're going, we're go, we're <laughs> we're getting, going, we're going deep now. All right. Yeah, so I took down the 100 nuggets, took the 1,000 bucks, owned Matt. In that situation. And Mr. Tangrady and I were roommates, which I was uh, not very happy about. Guy floods the toilet. 6 a.m. the next morning. 6 a.m. What goes in What goes in must come out. That's science. There's three inches of water and some stuff floating around <laughs> that is seeping through to the room below us. No. Seeping below? He's like, pine needles, dude. Their toilets We're suck. at Pine Needles Resort. I mean, that might place a beautiful golf course. Those rooms couldn't but have been more than $35 a night. I was going to say, night. you should not add the word <laughs> resort to the end of that. Yeah. Phenomenal golf course. Unbelievable we, golf course. $35 a night max. The golf course is amazing. So, yeah, what goes in must comes out. Science. Went to the bathroom at like 6.30. Flushed it down. I was so mad. Heard some I noises so that you don't mad. want to hear out of plumbing. And then we're in full retreat mode. Water's overflowing. I'm grabbing shower towels. I don't know what to do at this point. And there's so much water. There's so much going on. I, I, I had to leave the room. Meanwhile, the I just, guy wears abort like mission. white abort dress mission. pants abort every mission. golf round. Pep, he and I are gonna he and I are gonna room for the first time together at, at uh, the Greenbrier this summer. Yeah. Do you have any advice for me? Um, not really. I mean, he's actually 
as much as I don't Does he like snore? him. Yeah, I mean, he's just a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Neil and I, Neil's very much like you. We're going to get along great. There's not many people that can beat me awake in the morning. I get up at like 6.45, and you're like on your laptop in bed in the morning. And I know Neil from some of our text exchanges. Like, yeah. he's up before the yeah. sun. Yeah. Got the coffee brewing. So we're going to get along just fine. Well, just fine. I mean, there's shit to do, right, bud? Always. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. 6.15 we, to 7 a.m., yeah. Hey, Bash, how about a little, little sponsor plug, maybe? A little Holderness. Give us a little, little sponsor plug here. Holderness, yeah. We're, we're rocking Holderness and Born. You guys out there playing golf right now in these simulators. There's and, some swag there that you and, can purchase. And, 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 and people listening, Holderness and Born, hbgolf.com. I mean, they, this, this is actually a really cool piece. Like, I, I got to give it to them on this, man. This is something you can wear in a gym. You can wear it on a golf course. What's the gym? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I asked you last week in Nemecon, bud. You had your shirt off. I said, dude, <laughs> how about a push-up? Like a, what, a melt a candle? Push-up. As I told like Bash down candle? at Pinehurst, I said, bud, for all this working out you do, you hit, you've hit it shorter than you ever have. Well, I, but I got a 10-year-old driver. All right. I mean, my man's using the, he's using the R5. <laughs> bud. True, hey, true story, though. Took my, took. I uh, took my brother over to, to, to the country club to get refitted for a driver last week, and he has an R5, and he swears that he doesn't – he hits this thing as straight and as perfect as anything. And I said, try this new Stealth too," and he refused to do it, and he actually got it in his hands, and he was just bombing them straight. And he was so – he was so upset that, that he was hitting it better than his 2010 R5, and he didn't do it. I said, you will get a better deal on this. Didn't do it. Couldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Stealth, stealth two, wouldn't do it. You hitting the two, the stealth two? Uh, no, I'm still hitting the, the one. You gonna move up? Yeah. I, I'm gonna try to move. Well, up here's the thing. 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 I don't know. And everybody I, in this building that's golfing, every golf fan, has anyone ever gone to a club fitting where you didn't absolutely strike oh, the ball? Oh, sure, sure. I'm sure, under this sure. conspiracy no, no. theory that like they put Very chapstick rare. on the clubs, Very the balls are they're knuckling. Something, <laughs> something happens in those environments. Is that where, how you feel? Is that your your? I just got fitted for Mizuno's. And I'm hitting seven irons like 193. I'm like, there's just never a moment in my entire life, Matt. Have I ever hit a club? That's probably a four iron. Well, that's like. Like, uh, know, it's just not happening. I, I'm the I'm the opposite. When I go into a club fitting and get, I mean, I started hitting pop up drives. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I started hitting it differently. I'm like, damn, nervous, man, you gotta get. Huh? No, nah, it's not nerves. It's just like you know, you're trying to hit something new and get that feel. Is that your way of and, like not wanting to give in a new technology or something? Well, I tell you one thing: the best way to get fitted is to go directly to. The manufacturer at their fitting facility. Just, hold on, hold on. Give us your Scottsdale. Give, give. Uh, he was in Scottsdale. I was just ping. ping, and I have a, a Tony Finau story. So I'm getting fit. I'm at Ping Golf in, in Phoenix, Arizona, getting fit for new irons, driver, two irons. Give me the whole kit caboodle, all right? Let's do it. And I'm sitting there hitting drives, and there's this big net that wraps around. It's almost like a top golf, But it's – I asked the guy, I said, how far to the end of the range? And he said – to that net is 380. Okay. Well, the ball flies more there a little bit. Sure. I mean, not, not that much, though. Not that much. Yeah. So behind that net is a road. And then after the road is Home Depot. So the guy, my fitter, is telling me, he said, Tony Finau was flying it over the net onto the back road, hitting into the Home Depot. With a six iron. <laughs> yeah. And so the general manager of Home Depot comes over and, you know, Mr. Solheim, can I speak to you? Yeah, yeah. Tells him, hey, 
you know, he's got to stop doing this. He's hitting cars. So the, he, the fitter's telling me this story. He said, Mr. Solheim comes out on the range and says, Tony, I hear you're hitting it really good. He said, I am. He said, I'm going to need you to stop. <laughs> he said, you're hitting, you're hitting people's cars at the Home Depot. That's insane. I mean, to see that type of length, man. But, but that's the best way to get fitted. You go there, you go Titleist and Carl's Well, they got all the bells and whistles. You, you're you're stripped into one club, and you just get, get after it. So, Eric, you and I, we, I mean, we've, we've, we go at each other pretty good. We, we are cutthroat with one another. Um, Eric and I, the closest we ever came to fighting was in Pinehurst, North Carolina, after Mid-Pines, you recall it? Yep, yep. Um, I'm not a person that looks at my app for my strokes. Um, but Eric <laughs> pointed it out and he's like, well, you told me I was only getting nine because this, that, and the other, you got to look at the, what do they even call it? The, uh, course handicap. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm getting 11. I'm like, dude, that's bullshit. Who does that? Come Rules on. guy. Protect the field. Who does that? All right. So we Rules are guy. literally, we are arguing. I mean, like, don't talk to me. So this, <gasps> let me interrupt. This Pet. is a conversation Pet. and then we don't no, need any big answers, there. but if you're playing in a match with somebody and you go to a golf course that's got a 145 slope, you play the course-adjusted handicap. If I'm a 10 and I go play Pine Valley, I'm probably getting 16 at Pine Valley. If I go to a different golf course, my course handicap gets adjusted where we're playing. So we go to the first tee at Pine Needles, we're kind of in a little bit of a, a, a minor banter. He's like, oh, I'm plus one, you're an eight. I'm going to give you four on the front and five on the back. And I'm like... Okay, not thinking clearly. As we get to the middle he of the round, I make, a, I make a comment that this is not right. We did it wrong. And then we start calling. We argue for hours. Go in, drink more. And he's still going at it with me. I said, you know what? What did I say? I'll give you a shot of hole. I'll give you a shot of hole, and we'll play. We'll, we'll, I don't even know what the money was. We, we were playing a match play. We were playing $50 a hole, and you were going to give me. Shot a hole. I was at that point an eight, eight or a nine, and you were a plus one. So normally, in a normal environment, I should be getting, like you said, nine, nine shots. You gave me 18. You said one shot a hole, and to this day, I will say, I bring out the best in you on the golf course. So we go to Pine Needles. I'll let you continue on how the first four or the first six holes went. First six holes. Uh, so I'm, I'm pissed off. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're on our second, by the You're way, this is our second this 18. I'm triggered. So I birdie one. He's one down. I birdie two. He's two down. <laughs> I birdie three. He's three down. We're both 34. Both 34. Oh, still uh, three down. Six. I birdie. And then seven's the one that I think Eric knew he was done for on seven. Remember? So I hit this wedge shot. I had like 120, and I hit this wedge shot. You were an awful lie. And when I hit it. Literally, the ball's still in the air. I went back and I put the club in, and I sat down before and, it landed. And before it landed, and it goes that far, and he's like, "This is so fucked. Like this is so fucked." He yeah. was six <laughs> under through seven. <laughs> I was absolutely crushed we, to, to the point where I said, "Like, dude, we're done." And he gave me this look, and you he wanted, just goes, you wanted, like, "It was like insurance on twenty-one at the casino." Dude, like, uh, you, how, how you can could I get out hear, of this? Like, you could hear a pin yeah. drop. We didn't say one word. He would hit a shot. He would literally not look at me, put his cart, his club in the cart, in the bag, and just sit in the cart, and he'd floor it to the shot. And, like, it, it was the absolute, like, most spectacular. So note to self, just don't tra just try not to trigger him. All so, right? yeah, so the best part is we yeah. get to, we get to the eight, uh, to, no, we're, we're at seven, and you're seven under? 
No, six. Six under. And I'm like, dude, all right, I'll concede. I'll give you 500 bucks. We're done. <laughs> and he gives me this look, and he goes, honestly, bud, the course record's in play. <laughs> so I said, listen, if I birdie 10, 10's a par five. I said, if I birdie 10, we're going to keep going. If I don't. We're we're done because I think the course record was sixty two. Yeah, so, so I why it. would you? So why would you quit after ten? Because dude, I was so exhausted. We played we played eighteen rolls of golf with the two worst golfers this country oh, has ever no. seen. Remember how many balls we had to find for this? We were smoked. <laughs> so this was, was just a done. pure adrenaline. This round. was adrenaline round that I yeah, wanted to. Yeah. But he birdied two. You did mix a couple through, bogeys yeah. in there yeah. too. So like you were back down to like four under. I wanted to shove it up 10. Eric's hoop, and I did. And he learned his lesson. He would have had to birdie out to, to break and, it. And uh, so yeah, he he owned me. I conceded, and to this it is, day, it is though like you two are, are water and vinegar. Or I would oil say and him and Jr. are a little worse together. Yeah, than yeah, me. yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, when the when the round ends, like it's squash. But it's it is there is some there is some fun banter, but also like all right, at what point are you guys gonna? Almost throw fist. You drop the mitts. On the yeah, drop the mitts yeah. on the course. Competitive oh, juices. That you. Everybody has to have that time on a have golf to, course where to. they where yeah. they think their life is in jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, I mean my. Yeah, one but of my, you and I like you and I will never get there. No, like I'll never People go. Like these two, though, they'll get there. I'll never spar at someone or do anything. I, but I've had a golf ball hit at me with a five iron from oh, ten on. yards away. B cats. Pine, oh my god. Pine needles like. Four years ago, I mean, Brandon's like 20 yards away from me, parallel to me, and he winds up, hits a five iron because he's mad because I don't even think I was chirping him. I mean, he was just—he was a, just so hammered. He was in a bad way. He was not happy. He was getting pounded. And he hits this iron. You guys shot. were getting pounded because pounded. paid. They paid us eight hundred bucks after nine and he holes. He said, "I'll cover." He said, "Let's go. We're playing. I'll cover you." And Bcas winds up and and just takes five iron you, right did, at did, me. Did you did you hit the deck, dude? It was like dude, two feet above no, my head. Like, no, like he didn't have chance. time to react. Like I'm like, all right now, dude. He literally was in a bunker, turns to the side, hits it. Probably the best shot he hit the whole day, like the whole afternoon. And just comes right at my and, head. And, and I'm like, Bash is like, dude, no, killed me. what are you doing? But it is. It's golf course. When you guys get heated on a golf course, I mean, it's like. You want to talk about roles? Dude, we're, we're this guy, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my whole entire life. We're playing Sunday at, mid, at Southern Pines. And if you don't know grain, you're supposed to go to the hole, and it, which way the grass is growing, that's how you can see. The grain is on the green. Okay? So I'm over my putt going to putt, and I'm going through my routine. I look over, and there's Bash with his finger in the hole. He's going like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, said, I said, Bud, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to see where the grain's going. I'm like, that's not legal. <laughs> what are you but it was a consolation round. We both uh, missed the cut. Like I'm a two-time. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a three-time consolation. I'm trying to figure out if you like reading grain is some bullshit, man. Because uh, that grain so goes. Do grain is nuts. Yeah, in the yeah, morning yeah. can be different than the yeah, night. Like yeah. the golf down south is like it's oh, it's, it's not wild. even like yeah. it's borderline not fun. Yeah, right. Like you're chipping into the, the people at Pinehurst. The caddies telling me from 45 yards out I should use my putter. I'm like, but just just carry the bag. Yeah, like, like no, but he's right. Then you go and just <laughs> chunk one into the grain, and you're just like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, you all, X Golf Wexford, thank you so much. Um, March thank Madness, you. they're gonna have the games on here. 
Master Saturday Sunday. Come out here, watch it. It's really cool setup. Our boy Sean, he's over there dialing Thanks in. Thanks again, Sean. Peace on. Let's go, Sean. Wake up, bud. Yeah, what's awesome about X Golf is I just heard uh, my, my kid goes to Sing 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 next door. One of the moms said she just comes over here and has a beer while her kid's at Sing Sing Sing. Oh, that's so crazy. even if you're not a golf fan, nothing, like come over here, have a drink. The bar is like great. Dry, people just, like you know, you're going to get, get good service, good people, good food. Uh, awesome spot. So the next thing I think we lead into is a little bit of, you know, I know you guys have your segments, but for the people here, we've played some incredible golf courses. Like what, give me your top five. And while you guys think maybe I'll go, I'll go first, or well, you guys, if you have them right off the straight, like off the hip. Well, um, give me, give me uh, your top five, and maybe a little bit of why one and two are, are the way you are. So twenty twenty two is a tough year for man. the boys. Play yeah, Royal I, County I, down I, Pine Valley. Yeah, we talking like globally. Yeah, I mean, but top you're Mister International. I mean, will you, yeah, tell globally. me about the course in Australia you played last month. Dubai. No, no, yeah. Um, so for me, obviously the old course St Andrews. Uh, we're doing five, top five. I'd this say is three. Top three. Top three. Top three. I mean, we could be here all night. Bob. So I'm gonna say old course St Andrews. Y'all could sneak into mine. Um, I'm probably gonna say Royal Port Rush. Money. And then Riviera Country Club is a freaking spot man and it's not just because the course is the course but the vibe the whole thing there is phenomenal uh and then i gotta throw in my pikewood national i was gonna say being a member at pikewood Pikewood's not even have it on your list is i mean ridiculous. pikewood is a special place all around so i threw in a bonus there but i would say old, the old course port rush in riviera pikewood rounding out love it all day what about you bud me? Yeah, well, all of you, but you next. All right. For me, I would say, um, man, Royal County Down was money. It was so hard. Dude, I know. And I would say probably RCD. Um, which I, is oh, st okay. Let me, let me pump the brakes here on RCD. Is it like a thing that when you play a sick golf course, you got to refer to it in acronyms? <laughs> oh, you ever play Old Chatham? The apples are amazing. OC, oh, oh, too good. Like, all right, like just, just tell us what the course is. Just say the name okay. of the course. Royal County Down, RCD, Thanks. if you've been there. Okay. Number two, PV. Ah, PV. There it is. PV. <laughs> Pine Valley, for those of you who've never been, probably won't ever go. Um, and then my third, I would say, I have a, thir a three and a four, so I'm going to give you, I'll That's give you I four. Here comes 3A, 3B. 3A, Muirfield Village. Ooh, that's a good one. 3B, I got to go with Pikewood National. I freaking love that oh, place. Yeah. Um, no matter what you shoot, I've never walked off there like, Come on, I hate golf, but it's just so enjoyable. It beats it the shit out of you. It is the best. Um, but I, I would say those are my th top four. Neil, are you ready? Well, it's probably fresh in my mind, but because I, I, I just played concession down in, in Bradenton, I, I just love it. I th but I think, it's, I think it's mainly because it's not like your typical southern course. It's inland. It's kind of weaving through the, the trees a little bit more than a wind, water, golf, Florida golf, southern golf experience. Loved it. I really like Crooked Stick. 
in Indiana. Mm. Really like Crooked Stick. That's a good one. That's I think a, if that, really I think it, it, you have a shirt from there, bud. That's probably two. Um, and uh, I mean, there's, I don't know, I don't really have, a, I don't really have a one. I, I haven't been really privy to to getting to many just being recently retired and not playing a ton of golf. Uh, but I love I, I love Pikewood so much. I love Laurel so much. I think the the idea of those places more than anything else, where you're going, you know, you're walking, you know, you're enjoying every single shot mm-hmm. as you're going around it, and it's not necessarily a what am I gonna what am I gonna shoot mentality. It's like you don't hear anything out there. You don't hear golf carts. You don't hear cars. You don't you don't hear anything. You're just enjoying the experience of being out there more than anything else. I like it. Yeah. No, I think you guys have had great, great courses so far. For me, number one has got to be Marion. Marion was off the charts. I mean, we talk about pure. You got Marion above Pine Valley. Oh, yeah. Are you going the other direction? I don't know if Pine Valley gets in my top three. Is that right? Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that invite. Pine Valley is an incredible, incredible place. But when you think about – how many bunkers do they have there? 18,000? 17,000? <laughs> so, you know, like, literally every bunker there is natural. This is Pine Valley. Every bunker is natural sand. It's, like, it's not filled sand that so we if have. You're off like the, if you're off the fairway, you're not in, in like, it's the hardest rock. walk. It, it's, a rock, it's a rock sand trap. You cannot get the ball out. I hit a tee shot on two that took me five shots to get out, and I was trying to hit, <laughs> I was trying to hit it backwards. No. I'm trying to hit it backwards. Caddy just said, let's take an unplayable button. Let's move on. Actually, just told me to skip the <laughs> hole. I said it ain't happening. But it's so it is so difficult. It's so beautiful, but it is just like an agonizing round where you miss a green by like two yards, and you're in a five foot bunker that you cannot, you physically cannot get out of. So for me, like enjoyability has some clout when it comes yeah, to for golf. Sure. I, yeah, I, for I, sure. That's how I roll. But Marion, like. We talk about the new wave of golf and like, yeah, 76 and 7,500 yard golf courses are cool. This place from the tips, 6,800 yards. Is that right? And it was so hard. And the memory that I have from Marion that's the coolest is you go up to the first tee and it, to your left on the first tee is the dining area at Marion. And it's all the who's who's of the, the main line of Philadelphia. And all you hear are forks and knives and people properly eating food. So in the group that I went with, three righties went off and hit tee shots. Well, as a lefty, you're the only member oh, that's right in your facing, <laughs> facing everybody eating lunch on the patio. <laughs> I've never experienced like that type of feeling where I grabbed, looked at my caddy and Handed him the driver, told him to give me a four iron. I teed that thing up so high, I might have hit it 160 yards. But like, there wasn't there wasn't one piece of grass out of place. The wicker sticks, the the layout, the drivable par fours, the hitting irons off three straight tees in a row because that's just the way the course was designed. There's a premium on hitting the fairway. Like it was start to finish was an incredible, incredible experience. So Marion's got to be one. So that rounds out your five. Send me that connection, okay? <laughs> I mean, fuck, <laughs> but oh, we got a three-hour show. I might as well get into detail. You guys are like, oh yeah, this cool course. Yeah. Number two, Arcadia Bluffs. Wow. They call well, it the Whistling Strait of yeah. Michigan. Whistling Straits. It's it, well, no, it's 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 in yeah. Michigan. Uh, it's in Michigan. Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan. Traverse, Traverse I, hope you, I hope you took a lot of photos of Pine Valley because it's the last time you'll be there. But good. 
I mean, you <laughs> act like I'm not 11B on your list of invites. It took 14 people to get sick for me to get invited there anyways. <laughs> 15. So, um, Are you allowed to take Arcadia pictures Bluffs of Pine Valley? two. And then number three, Allegheny Country Club. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest golf course That's funny. in the world, bud. Hey, that's um, the way we got to look at it, though. You're right. Starting I to do, play uh, there every day. It's beautiful. It's short on the front. Greens are rolling. Un- I undulation. like ACC. Back nine's a beast. Back nine's good. It's just a tale of Back two Back nine is really courses. good. Back nine's really good. couple Mannings. I'd be, I would be an inappropriate human if I didn't put my home course in my top <laughs> well, three. Um, I should have put him in Pike there, Pikewood's a goat, though. I, I do love Pikewood. That's the, that is the one place where I would shoot 100 and still enjoy myself. For sure. That's right. I have to add one more. I have to add one more golf course that uh, I do. I have to add one more. It's a five for me. Uh-huh. Uh, Peachtree Golf Club. Oh. Peachtree. Peachtree. Peach Georgia. Georgia. It's a beaut. So Bobby you, Jones. you have um, you, you pull in. It's, it's all bushes. You don't even know you pull in. It's like the bushes sealed up behind you. And um, they have 24 Augusta National members. And when I show you photos of this place, you would think it's Augusta National. It looks Come just on. like it. It yeah. is dumb good. It is so good. Peachtree. Peachtree Golf Club. A lot of left to right shots. You got to hit a lot of them. That's, that's my, that's my check, jam. Check, jam. Beautifully checkered fairways the entire Checkered year. fairways. So nice. Um, yeah, we'll get into detail off the mics, boys. So, uh, all right, we'll see you there in June, all right? Yeah, Pep, Pep Bash, Look. tell us about the uh, first inaugural Chase and Birdies event we got in Greenbrier going up. Yeah. So, actually, we got – let's talk about two events. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I like events. So, um, June 4th, playing through group is coming to Nemecolon, which is Cool Swindell. Holy moly. Tyler Reeve and Cool Taylor – those three boys are going to be playing at Nemecolon. Then the next weekend, we're going to mosey on down to the Greenbrier, and we're having the Chase and Birdies two-man blind draw, 24 guys, uh, oh, first place great. Pay, paying 6000 bucks. second place 2K, third place 1K, Woo! best ball. Of course, we have to do net. It's such a joke. Um <laughs> Is that, well, an invite, is that an invite only? We saw only what event? happened. That's an invite when, only. We saw what happened when a net player has to play. Is in a Jr. Event. coming? Uh, Jr. is not coming. Jr. has missed out. Ireland. He's on maternity leave. He's missed um, the Greenbrier. So you know what that means. You missed two events. <laughs> we'll see you in two Uh-oh. years. Oh, he's That's on twenty-four months probation. He's got a hiatus, which is uh, which is great. Which route. is really I, a shame because St. Andrews is. 2024. Over, yeah, but a lot of people don't know. <laughs> I about, override that. You, <laughs> Neil, override Neil's that. probably heard the, uh, which is great. There's a, there's an infamous hockey um, golf trip. It's kind of like a Ryder Cup format. A lot of ex NHL guys, Dan Cleary, Sean Horkoff, um, Mike Commodore, they all do a U.S. soil one year, European soil the next year event. It's an invite only. So your boy John Michael Lyles. He's involved in that? He was involved well, he in was. it. he was. So what happened was the one year he got invited to this Dan Cleary, Sean Horkoff classic in Europe, and he told the boys, I don't know if I can come because my wife's having a baby. Oh, no. And they said, sure thing, Dude. buddy. Sure, he has not been back in nine oh, years. Oh, no. He got, so no. once you skip one exiled. year of their event, you He's are got totally balled. like this is all. There's like. Sucks to be you. Hey, Twenty-four be- guys, probably eighteen uh, Hall of Famers in the NHL. You missed one year. Back of the line. Just for reference, in. he was the guy that we played with in Colorado that hit that 
Had hit, a hole in hole one. Hole in one on a 252-yard par three at 9,000 feet of elevation. <laughs> and I think he hit a four or five iron. Dink. Uh, and we'll I ask mean, him about the Horkoff Cleary yeah. Classic. All right. My Horkoff man's been banned Cleary. since he right. left for maternity leave. That sucks, JR. Sorry, <laughs> bud. Um, JR, JR, you hear that? <laughs> you good, Junior. If you want back in, if you we want back in, it. I need three free sprinter hours, and then we can oh. talk again. Four, we're done. Four, we're done. Four sprinter hours, I'm in. We, oh, we had it. No, we're good. Deal. That's we're, a good deal. We're rolling along right Yeah, now. we are. So yeah. let me ask you something. I know, Neil, we've had you on the show before. Eric, we had you as a call-in guest. And we never even asked you yet, but dream foursome for you. You did ask me this, and I stumbled, and I'm going to stumble right now. Let's stumble again. Dream foursome. My mother, my brother, my sister. I'd definitely play with T-Dub, 100%. No-brainer. Yes, you did. Yeah, this is the time. That, hey, he asked that question to me whenever we were doing your interview. Okay, well, why don't you answer this one, bud? Here. Um, Neil, why don't you go since this, this is, like, awful. T-Dub is it. definitely on, on the list for me. T-Dub, for sure. I think from the baseball perspective, like, Babe Ruth would probably be on that. That's on a that. good one. And the fourth, I, I, don't, I don't know where I would go with this. Maybe, maybe some sort of president? like Trump? So you're a Republican. Know. That's nice. Boys, just kidding. Boys. Sorry, boys. There's 2023, move on. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He said Ryan Reynolds. So, obviously, I Shakira. think the, the Tiger is everybody. Eric, like, who would you play with? No, Tiger's got to be one. I want to see Steve how my game looks against the best. So, like, for me, right now, I'll be like, Scotty Scheffler. Give me Scotty. Bingo. Let me see Scotty out there. And then after that, whew. It is a it is it's kind of a weird like spur that, of the moment. Right? Like, it's a tough um, question because you got so many people you like. It might be, be Downey. Downey might be in that. You know you what I mean? You need Tiger. You got Scotty. Who else you got? Come on, one more. I think I just had one in my head and then I lost it. Um, kind of like your ball. Oh, Charles Barkley, no brainer. Because oh. someone's got to bring jam. Charles. Charles will bring the jam. I, it's all, I'm all about PBOs <laughs> and jam. Charles is bringing both of those. That's a good one. Because he's going to loosen up the group. If you, in your mind, if you went golfing with your th- if, with Babe Ruth, Tiger Woods, you would be there with a tail between your legs. Be like, nice yeah, shot, Tiger. Yeah, you got to really have one. Yeah, you got to have one. Chuck's there being like, you a bum, man. You a bum. <laughs> like, let's go. Just Chuck, it, bro. Chuck, let's, lead, let's drive the bus, Chuck. Let's go. Drive that bus, Chuck. All right, yeah. what about you? Me? Yeah. Ben Hogan, my favorite all-time golfer. Um, Tiger Woods. Yeah. And... I would probably do um, Donald Trump. I think it would be. Uh, wow. Yeah. Where yeah. would you play? Pepe would what provide pe- absolutely gotta, zero to that. Where are you going to play? Where would we play? Like, if my play? dream course, if we could play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cypress Point. Whoa. Jesus Christ, dude. You're pushing it there. That's awesome. That's Good for you, dude. I think, I, I think that I will be on Augusta National before I'm ever on a Cypress Point. Whoa. That's why it's called a dream foursome in a dream place. And I like it, don't guys. doubt me about getting on a golf course, boys. <laughs> I would bring my foursome to Yak. <laughs> <laughs> we go right to Yak. We get on the little scooters, and we would just have ourselves. There you go. A uh, I mean, they took a part of the fence out. You got the, the motorcycle. You got the motorcycle bikes over there. Hey, man. Shout out Yak. Good service. Good people. We uh, nice dudes. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you for thank coming. Thank you, guys. Boys. 
for, for hey listen we're glad you guys came to our neck of the woods more than anything else yeah, it feels yeah. Good. it's been great it was great, great to be invited no seriously yeah. you guys are yeah. super humble with what you're doing i think your podcast is great i think you know there's a you have amazing guests awesome platform people love golf there's so many correlations to life and to golf so just keep doing what you're doing Appreciate keep it. pumping yeah. out really good guests because uh, pep that's what you do like just listening to you is probably not enough we gotta get a, a list of guests <laughs> gotta keep pumping through and we'll get we'll get moving forward here that's good bud hilarious that was so much good. fun to to do that with the boys x golf we even gave eric five more minutes than he should have gotten but hey he had a blast we had a blast uh neil was hilarious tango was hilarious good stories ripping around it was fun man it was good it to was. see you too in person it was a lot of fun, man, and hopefully we can do some more of that down the road. That was a long one, though, but I was a little winded at the end of that. You know, not used to going that long on the mics, but uh, yeah, we held good in though. There. And it, we could have kept going until I had to pee. Like Eric said, I'm selfish. I had to pee. It was over an hour and a half or whatever we did. So, yeah. Um, thank you to Eric and Neil taking time out on their Tuesday nights to hang out with us, yo-yos. Uh, it was a blast. We, we did have a special guest appearance, though. Jeff Becker came on and talked a little bit from Link Spring. Problem was, his audio was so low. Like, I don't know if he was whispering into the mic or what, but it made zero sense. But, mm-hmm. Becker, we enjoyed seeing you out there, hanging out with you two. Um, so, we'll see you all down the road, man. We want to thank Mr. Brandon Katza for coming as well. And we appreciate him coming to the event. I know the guy's a busy guy over at Joyce's Jewelry. Uh, make sure you go to Joyce'sJewelry.com. Check it out. Uh, they got the watches, the wedding bands, semi-mountings. They do all their own jewelry. So the prices are competitive. You can't touch it. They're using the highest quality diamonds in the semi-mountings and the wedding bands, GHVS. And then you can pick your center stone. It is a fully customizable ring and the experience is dynamite so if you're thinking about getting engaged married buying yourself a push uh, a watch uh buying your your significant other a push present hopefully you're not buying yourself a push present because that'd be pretty embarrassing uh don't hesitate with joyce's jewelry and go to joyce'sjewelry.com chase and birdie's 20 at checkout online get you 20 percent off uh pretty much everything on there so i love it and i heard Earlier in the week, Mr. Brandon Katzif was spotted at Betnardi Golf with another sponsor of the show, which, by yeah. the way, I, I, we'll get on that in a second. I know we yeah. don't have much time, but I, I did pull the Betnardi back out this past couple of weeks. I've been putting, rolling with it, and the putter is now in the bag, full force in effect for 2023. Betnardi, B-Cats was there getting a little putter fitting. You said that they only allowed him to hit him from two feet and in. Two so feet in is where I actually perfect. I told the guy, I said, you might want to two feet and in for him. Uh, perfect. I don't know if you have a, uh, like a double mallet. The weight can mm-hmm. not. But uh, I think B-Cats enjoyed it. It was fun to see him uh, try different putters. And that's the thing, too, about Betnardi. They, they get you dialed in. Anyways. Yeah. But. No, it's it's a great, great great place to be guys and you know you following us here on chasing birdies you know we have some events coming up obviously our two-man event at the greenbrier but before that we do have the playing through group coming to nemacolon on june 4th and 5th nemacolon.com you guys know what it's like especially if you're around here if you're not from this area you have to check out nemacolon it has everything you ever could imagine and maybe you want to come during the fourth and fifth we have cole taylor we have tyler reed we have Mr. Cole Swindell. 
you know, just some good country folks there playing a little music, playing a little golf, having a couple drinks. Come on up and join us, demacolon.com. Get yourself booked in. Let's go. And, you know, for me, I'm stoked to play some golf up there this year, right, honestly. It's, so. it's, it's, it's fun to see you. And now that I won't tell you what I got, but I did get fitted for a new driver this week, bud, so you can't bust my balls anymore. Okay. So we, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll talk about that on Instagram live. We're going to do an Instagram live here in the next couple of weeks. Next episode, it's looking like it's going to be Chicago Cub Ian Happ. So take him to the baseball. And, uh, I mean, the guy has a golden glove from last year. So uh, stay tuned. And thank you again, chasingbirdies.com, chasing underscore birdies on Instagram. Thank you to Holderness and Born for outfitting the boys, always dialing us in. My man, you look good, dude. You look good. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Evo and Simpler Media for putting this thing together. You guys rock. And Jacqueline DiPaterio, Rachel London, you girls are just killing it right now. We appreciate all the help. You guys have a great weekend and enjoy the Final Four. And the countdown to the Masters is on. We'll catch you all in two.